This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I so wanted to do the marathon today. I mean, really, you know, I mean, out of the goodness of my heart, I thought, should I do it? And I thought... Not really. There's no point in dropping dead halfway round and then sort of people going, oh, typical Steve Allen, just trying to take over the thing and get publicity for himself. On the programme today, take that, still haven't paid their tax bill. But ironic, isn't it? Just as they're about to go on tour as a trio, and they still owe about £20 million. As somebody has claimed the £36 million ruined my day completely. Ruined it. I got six notifications since last week, and I thought one of them could be 36 million, and now somebody's come forward and claimed it. I'm feeling really, really... I mean, I'm not too depressed that this programme is going to be more bitter than usual, and it will be, because now you discover Gemma Collins is turning up on Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, go away, woman. Can't bear, honestly. She's already failed miserably in the jungle, and now she's going to do it again. Of course, she's going to be up against it this time round, because there's going to be people on there with personalities. She's just going to look really stupid. You know, and including one of them is a porn star, if you please, ladies and gentlemen, from America. A porn star. Like we don't have homegrown brasses. We've got them over here. Why don't put one of those on there? No, it's somebody's America, and they're hoping she's going to spice it up. Well, unless she's going to charge every time, I can't see anybody spicing it up. I mean, Gemma Collins is going to be spending most of her time in the diary room in tears again. She's a waste of space. Just don't, just don't even go there. Uh, I love the headline on one of the papers. My three-year affair with Tom Jones. I laughed. It's an open secret, I thought, that Tom Jones and his wife, whilst being married, don't actually live together. In fact, they're not even in the same country. He lives in America. She lives in Wales with all her friends. She's a, she's a dumpy woman, you know, from Welsh Wales. And she goes out with her friend, does everything else. And uh, they've been married, I think, since they were 19. And he does what he wants to do. That's, that's, that's Tom Jones. I always thought that was fat. So when you read a story, some woman has had an affair, you know, for the last three years, I kind of went, so? Why would that be of interest to anybody? Uh, Kerry Katona's got a new job as a children's entertainer. To be brutally honest, I wouldn't allow her anywhere near children, entertaining or otherwise. Um, travel chaos in London. There will be today. You must listen because we'll let you know about the road closures and we'll let you know about how it's going to... I mean, don't come near central London. That would be the advice. So they're, at the moment, struggling to get down to uh, Greenwich and they'll go down there by a fair means or foul. Some will, some will bicycle, some will take the car, some will be dropped off by friends, some will take buses, some will take uh, probably... I don't, it's too too early, isn't it, really, to take a riverboat? But I'm sure there'll be all sorts of methods of transport for getting them down there. It'd be ridiculous if you take a car, wouldn't it? Because then you leave it there, end up in London, then you've got to get back down to Greenwich again. Bit of a waste of a day. And there'll be thousands upon thousands. I forget how many people are taking part in the marathon this year. But there will be lots of people. It's, I mean, you could literally... I think you could run last year's marathon and nobody would notice any difference. Because you, you, you just look at people, because the only ones who get the publicity, it's not the people who are out there pounding the streets, doing it because they really want to do it. It's the people who want to dress up, you know, as sort of chickens or clowns or whatever it is. And they're the people who get the coverage. You'll have the usual bunch of people along the wayside. There'll be the reporters. Hello, tell me, who are you running for? <laughs> you know, that's all you get on these people. That's all it is. And the more bizarre the costume, the more chance there is of being picked up by the television cameras. Who wants to talk to just somebody running who's sweating profusely? It looks like they're about to have a heart attack. When you can actually get sort of Donald Duck and Minnie Mouse and a chicken. Farmer entertaining. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Lorraine Kelly celebrates 30 years on a sofa. 
And there's <laughs> not a lot you can say about that. But uh, apparently somebody keeps telling her she's a sex symbol. No, sex thimble, dear. Sex thimble. Not a sex symbol. I mean, she can't be. Apparently, though, one particular guest who recently walked out of Christian Guru Murthy said to a nice pair of... You've got there. She said, normally people just say hello. <laughs> That's a laugh. laugh. But it's this, it's this sort of sex symbol thing. It's not really. I mean, you know, we don't need that kind of talk. Just just be just be concerned that you're a good journalist and a good interviewer, and that's it. You know, I don't sit here going, I'm so fantastic looking. Admittedly, I am, I am, but there you go. You know, some people are unlucky on the radio. Some people are not blessed with looks. Luckily, I'm blessed with looks and talent. I know it's sickening. I know it's sickening. I was listening to Christo earlier on, and Christo was doing the um, the landlord bit. God, it's amazing what that provokes, isn't it? You get nearly as much reaction on Christo's programme if you mention being a landlord as you do if you mention Uber. You know, you, it's, it's a toss-up between which one gets the most. Probably the Catholic Church would rank a close third. And so today he's talking about uh, people who own properties... Because they're successful. Because I believe there was a group in Brixton called Reclaim the Streets because they think that Brixton is being gentrified. (laughs) By whom? Who in God's name would want to go to Brixton? Oh, dear me. Gentrified. That I don't know what gentrified means. I'm assuming, without appearing to be naive, it's people coming into the area who are prepared to give people who live there good money for their property. So that's really the people of Brixton who are selling out. That's not somebody coming in and building a mansion or something like that. That's somebody who's got some flats, and then somebody says, oh, I'll, I'll buy those from you. And they go, well, I'm looking for a good price. And so that's how it works. But the, the, the God, dear me, I've never heard such stuff that was coming out, you know, from the internet and emails and texts and all the rest of it. And then he had one bloke in Birmingham, whose name I can't remember, but uh, he uh, he was sort of talking about the fact that he couldn't afford to live in London. He sounded like he'd been to a really good school. He sounded very posh. And uh, he was living in Birmingham. He couldn't afford to live in London because it's so expensive, because, you know, all the people sort of push the prices up. And, uh, well, they do. That's the, that's the, uh, the, the price you pay for living in London. If you work in London and you live in London, you better brace yourself for having to shell out a lot of money. Luckily, when I bought years and years ago, it was cheap. When I bought, you could still get flats for 40. I think my very first flat, I think was, I think it was £38,000. God, it sounds like back in the dark ages, doesn't it? £38,000? That's like the sort of price you pay on sort of Tyneside nowadays if you want to buy a little flat. You can probably still get flats up there for 70000 80000 And I think when I bought a house, my first house, that was a flat, two-bedroom flat. When I bought my house, it was 52000 it's amazing. I mean, the price is now, around my area, ludicrous. Two-bedroom flat, starting price, £550,000. And that's not a conversion. That's a purpose-built flat. Um, and then you've got service charges on top of that. And then you've got the council tax. And then you've got the gas and the electricity. And then you've got to live. So you've got to be earning a decent salary. So this bloke uh, phones up Christo, and he's talking about having to live in Birmingham. You know, we've all got our cross to bear. I imagine there are parts of Birmingham quite nice. Because he couldn't afford to live in London... And uh, and he was sort of he, he seemed to blame everybody except himself. And then he dropped himself right in it by saying that he had a child and another on the way. And I thought, well, if you can't afford to have children, and he was moaning about the fact that you know they're only going to see their grandfather every five months. I thought, well, you know, having a child is very very expensive. Why on earth would you be daft enough to have a child if you can't even afford to live? You know, if I mean, if, if you want a child and you choose to live out of London because you can't afford to live anywhere else, well, then kind of you made your own bed. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. You know, that's the way it works. If you know, if if I want to go on holiday, 
you know, do a really nice expensive holiday. I've got to save up for it like anybody else. Everybody has to save up for it. Christo tends to put his sort of money into property because that suits him. Whereas mine's in pension funds. So that's what I've done with mine. So that, that's what everybody does nowadays. You know, you do everything. Renting, of course, is you might as well just throw your money away. I remember my parents saying to me years ago, because I was renting, and they said, we'll help you buy your first property because we helped your brother. Well, I wasn't aware that they'd helped my brother at all. And so I said, that's fine. So they paid for the deposit on my flat and they paid all the legal fees. And, uh, and that was how I got started. But by God, you struggle. By God, you struggle. And that was on a, a flat worth £38,000, years and years ago, admittedly. But you do struggle in London because you suddenly... All the things you take for granted at home, like bleach, like toilet paper, like, you know, going to the laundrette and things like that. I mean, I didn't have a washing machine. So I had to go to the laundrette, which luckily was sort of just over the road. And you'd sit there on a Sunday morning watching your washing going round and round because I couldn't afford to buy a washing machine. There was nowhere to put it anyway. They had enough space in the, in the little kitchenette for a, for a fridge. This was a purpose-built flat, not a conversion. And so nowadays, you know, things are a lot better. I've got a washing machine. I've got, I've got everything I need. There's nothing that I need at the moment apart from my car back, because you heard about Friday. Friday was my nightmare day. I was so looking forward to it. I'd had uh, a fairly light week, fairly light week, doing, uh, doing interviews for In Conversation. Next week, the week... The week from Hades, ladies and gentlemen. On Monday, two interviews. Tuesday, another interview. Wednesday, a screening. Thursday... Oh, no, sorry. Yes, no, wait. I've got... So, two on Monday, one on Tuesday. Screening on Wednesday. Interview Thursday. So, next week, four interviews and a screening. And again... Now, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you. It's, a, it's fairly busy by my week's standards. So, Friday, I, was, I like to make sure that I try not to do anything on a Friday. If it's entirely... If they say, look, there's a really good guest come in, will you, will, will you do it? Absolutely. No hesitation. And so, uh, my friend Michael, who is James O'Brien's producer, and I were going for afternoon tea. And we were going to a top London hotel. He'd sorted it all out. He'd even paid for it. But I didn't know he'd paid for it till afterwards. So it, it'll just carry on over. Anyway, so I think, right. So I go and get the, uh, the car washed, which was nice. And, uh, and I go down. I'm heading into town. Plenty of time to go and park up near the hotel. And, um, and I put some petrol in the car. And as I came back to the car, I looked at it. And I thought, oh, no, there's a screw sticking out of the tyre. And you can't take it out, because if you take it out, you know it's going to go And I've had that before. So, to cut a long story short, I decided I wasn't going to risk coming into town, because there is a chance that the, um, that the thing would have gone completely. So, and by this time, it was going. It was, <laughs> even I was looking at it, it was getting flat. I was like, oh, no. No, no, no. So, I quickly phoned up the, uh, the garage where they serviced it, so that they could uh, sort it out. So they came and collected and sorted out. Well, hopefully sorted out. It'll be back next week. Not just for a tyre. I thought while it's in doing its tyre, it might as well have a little mini service to get it ready for the summer, which is quite good. So then I had to phone Michael and I'm getting really frustrated, really frustrated. You know, you're sitting there with a flat tyre thinking, I've got to sort this out. So I said to him, listen, we're, we're going to have to shelve it or maybe do it later. And then I said, no, I said, maybe later wasn't a good idea. So I said, I'll tell you what, let's do it next week. Well, of course, this come, he can't. He can't do it next week because he's away on Friday. So we're going to have to do the Friday afterwards. But uh, he did say to me, he said, I've, I've already paid for it. which thought it was very naughty because we have a bit of a competition. 
I like if, if I'm eating out with sort of friends in a restaurant and I'm paying, which I do a lot of the time because I like paying. Um, I normally nip out to the maitre d' and go uh, just sort it on the account. And I come back and they go, right, so how, how much is it? And I go, it's been sorted. And that, uh, that kind of does everything. So I was a little bit miffed that Michael had managed to get in before me and get the thing sorted out. But I missed my afternoon tea. I had to go back home and open the Prosecco. And they've given me a little courtesy car. I will tweet a picture of it later on. I say courtesy car. It's, a, it's the size of a small shoebox with wheels. And that's all I could say. And it's in blue. Not even my favourite colour, but I'll tweet a picture of it later on. I mean, how the mighty have fallen, ladies and gentlemen. And just think, all of this on Marathon Day. And you thought you had an exciting week. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past six. There'll be lots of miserable-looking people running the marathon today. It's only because they're dedicated. It's only because they're dedicated and they like doing it. We've got, a, I think there's a couple of people from here who are going to be running in the marathon, so Simon will be doing it. I won't. Uh, Malcolm says, as usual, you were right. People always said to me, always say to me, the, uh, the simple solution to losing weight, and I say, little and often. OK, little and often. And that means small, smaller portions, but as many as you like, really, during the day, just little portions. And of course, Dr. Christian has just proved it little and often. And I, I should know what I'm talking about, because after all this amount of years of doing programmes with doctors and with medical people and doing diets and all the rest of it, I've got a rough idea what I'm talking about. Uh, Malcolm says I lost over a stone in 12 months, so I'm living proof it works. Yeah, little and often. Listen, anything that says, oh, you can lose a stone in a week or something like that, don't don't take any notice of it. Don't take any notice of it. Don't waste your money on celebrity DVDs, because all they're doing is they'll have had a trainer for three months and they'll be doing something you can't afford to have a trainer for three months. Well, not all of you. And uh, it won't work for you. It only works for them because 90% of these people pile the pounds back on. And when they do, you know, somebody like Lucy Mecklenburg, she's never been fat. So, you know, it's, it's just a joke to start with. Don't ever take any notice of these people. They're not medically qualified to tell you how to lose weight. Only go for the experts and Steve Allen. Uh, Britain's cutest pets in the paper today. We've got cute pets. We like pets, don't we? And the more I see people's dogs, the more I think, do I need a dog? Do I need a... And I thought, no, we don't. Uh, exhibitionist um, Karen Danzuk hopes to be an MP. I thought we'd seen the back of her, frankly. I've seen more than enough of the front. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Amy's family anger at movie lies. That was the headline in the paper. This is Amy Winehouse. There's a film coming out about her, uh, which doesn't portray Mitch in the best of lights. Um, I don't know. That, that's what they're saying in the paper. That's what he says. I haven't seen the film because it's not commercially available yet, but it probably will be. And uh, he said, you know, I'll sue if it portrays me incorrectly. I don't know where you stand on something like that. I don't know whether or not you can if one half of the of, of the sort of the, the partnership kind of thing is dead. I'm not sure how that works. I know you can say anything you like about Amy Winehouse because you can't libel the dead. So that's that's an easy one to sort out whether or not somebody having a film made about them. I don't know, because they brought out the film Mummy Dearest, didn't they? And that was the film of Christina Crawford talking about her mother, Joan Crawford, and how vile she was. And of course, I mean, I'm of the opinion that her mother probably was quite vile. She had her dressed up in little similar outfits. Everything was made, identical outfits. She made them scrub the floor. She was an adopted daughter, Christina. Whether that makes a difference, I do not know. So she wrote the book Mummy Dearest. Because it was always, you know, in, in front of the press, it was all cutesy-cutesy. Behind the scenes, Joan Crawford was a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. But then what do you expect from a porno star? 
You know, poor old Joan Crawford made more porno films than you and I could shake a stick at. In fact, the moment she became uh, relatively famous, they had to go around buying the things up and trying to get them off the streets as quick as possible. Very interesting. Uh, 84850. Martin says, you need to look in your car boot under the lining, find a thing called a spare tyre. Good Lord. Do you think so? How, How rare. How unbelievable. He said, and also there's another useful piece of kit called a jack. Really? Heavens above. Can't believe what? In the car? In the boot? Good Lord, you don't expect, don't expect somebody like me to change a tyre, do you? Good God in heaven, where are you? Rygate. God, blimey. Further out of London they get, the more barking mad they become. Change a tyre? You must be mad I don't change tyres. He said, used in careful conjunction with the wheel brace, they allowed you to change the damaged tyre with a brand new one. Good God in heaven, you're mad as a toothbrush, aren't you? No, that's what we have garages for. Heavens above, that's what I do. I don't change tyre. Change tyres. Anyway, of course, uh, what you're doing is talking out of the wrong end of yourself. Because 90% of cars nowadays don't have a spare tyre. There is no spare wheel in the car. In mine, of course, there is a spare wheel. But uh, what's the point of sort of taking everything out of the boot, all my port and stuff like that and everything nice, to, to take the wheel out, then put another wheel in there where I can just go and get a brand new wheel and put it on there? <laughs> Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Obviously not in Rygate. 84850, uk. Uh, Brooklyn Beckham, in fact, the whole family are pictured out walking the other day. Stick insect Vicky. Uh, Dave, carrying Harper again. Can you put her down? I mean, she'll have no use of her legs before long. I mean, it's. Re- I mean, we did say the other... I don't think she's real. Seriously. I think she's one of these wind-up... Mamma. I think that's what she is. She walks towards you and then falls over and you have to stand her up again. You all remember getting them, don't you? Used to, well, I mean, not, not necessarily everybody listening used to get dolls years ago, but you put batteries in it. Mum, mum. And I think that's what Harper 7 is. Because have you ever seen her walk? Me neither. Ever seen her walk towards you with her arms out, looking a bit like one of the kids from the Village of the Damned? No. Mum, mum, dad, dad, da. And, I think, and he, he picks her up and carries her. Even when they're going walking, he carries it. Make her walk, for God's sake. Ridiculous. So I've got a picture of all of them out there, luckily with the photographer, to capture the moment that they are America's happiest family. Yes, there they are. It's the story of a lovely lady who was living with a man with loads of kids. And so it goes on. Brooklyn Beckham works in a cafe for two years. He didn't. I wish he did. I wish he did. He had a quick go as a barista so he could prove he was a normal boy. And then he suddenly realised, better to be a celebrity than worry about working. Mummy and Daddy got money. Mummy and Daddy have got work, you know, sort of, they, uh, they, they, they've got enough money. They're in the Sunday Times uh, rich list, you know. I think I, I do have. I'm a bit excited. But actually, two things in the, in the papers I noticed today. Firstly, in You magazine, which is the, uh, it's the Mail on Sunday, they've got an interview with uh, Melinda Gates. But the feature in there is interior designer India Hicks family home. Well, I've seen this feature before. I've seen a picture of their kids, Felix, Amory, Domino, Conrad and Wesley. I've seen all of this. And I'm I'm beginning to think I'm having a bit of deja vu. They they live over in the Bahamas, I believe, somewhere somewhere very nice. And they've got connections to the royal family. I think they're part of the Mountbatten family. So, of course, Charles is linked there. But, I mean, this I've read this before and I've seen all the pictures. So, obviously, they've decided to do it. And here it is, the Holy Grail of Holy Grails. Look... What is it? It's the guide to carrying Harper Beckham. No, it's not actually. It's the it's the rich list, and uh, as usual, they've omitted to put my name in here. 
there are lots of people you've never heard of. They've either made their money in uh, gambling. In fact, actually, <laughs> I'm going to mention this one because uh, it's um, it's uh, it's Michael Tabor. And I know Michael Tabor because I know his son very well, Ashley. And Michael is in here, 186, with 600 million. 600 million. So I'm very excited, Michael. Very excited. And uh, they've got a stake in uh, Mitchells and Butler, uh, a skyscraper, all sorts of things, actually. And then it's got a, a picture of... Um, well, it's got a, a piece about Ashley. And uh, uh, with us in it, of course, it is the largest commercial radio group in the country. So there you go. 600 million for Michael Tabor. Always looks very happy, actually. Very happy little soul. So could I be. So could I be. Lots of other people. Paul McCartney, his wife, Nancy Chevelle. Uh, I think he's about 700 million. I think something like 700 million or 730 million. Um, Peter Green and family and mining and inheritance, which is quite nice. They've also, they do, they do have people in this Sunday Times rich list who are just ordinary, ordinary people. And they've got the list of people who give the most. And they've got the list of, you know, where most of these people come from. Um, lots, as I say, lots of people you haven't heard of. 730 million, 730 for Paul McCartney and Nancy Chevelle. Uh, she adds 150 million because her father's got a, a trucking company. Uh, also, J.K. Rowling here, 580 million. Wow. You see, also um, going up, Daniel Radcliffe. He's 66 million now. The last time we spoke to Danny, he was about 50 million. But now he's uh, he's gone up quite considerably. Uh, what else in here? There's a picture of uh, uh, people who inherited the Paul Raymond. This is Fawn and uh, India Rose James. And uh, they've got, uh, they, s- they reckon, 454 million. I'm defi- I was in the wrong family. I'm totally convinced. Much as I loved my family, I'm convinced I could have done better. <laughs> could have done much better. And uh, the top political donors... These are all listed in here. I mean, this makes this makes very, very interesting reading. It's also got Ireland's richest people. And uh, Eric Clapton, what do you reckon for Eric Clapton? Lifetime of music, 155 million. I mean, you can't take it with you, admittedly. Um, also, I'm trying to find names that you know. Richard Desmond, uh, travel London-based big bus tours. Was founded by Richard Maybury. Oh right! Oh no, sorry, it's not. The, it's not the same people I thought it was. It was Richard Desmond, the uh, the publisher. But it's not. Tom Jones is in as well. He's probably about a hundred and something million, which is not bad. You know, he's he's worked for it. I should imagine. So he's done very very well indeed. Uh, there's all sorts of people in here. I wish I could tell you half of them were, but there's no point. There's a man who um, who sort of started a mobile lift company. It's a stair lift maker. He's worth about 125 million. Got to be money in it, isn't there, somewhere? And uh, all these lovely people. The high rollers in gambling. Mark Scheinberg, poker stars, uh, 2.76 billion. Denise John and Peter Coates, bet 365. Bet Fred is Fred and Peter Dunn, 1 billion. Oh, crikey. There's loads of them, isn't there? There's absolutely loads of them. All in here, all doing very, very well. And lots of other names that I know in here as well. So uh, you will be buying it today, won't you? Just to have a look and see if Jordan is in there, which I can tell you she isn't. It doesn't go down as low as that. It's uh, coming up to the news at 6.30.
84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We take all your texts and emails on the programme this morning uh, because we're with you until 8 o'clock. Uh, Ian in Warwick says, I see that poor old Josie Cunningham has split up with her tattooed face bodybuilder boyfriend. How awful. Do you know, and I was seriously hoping we'd seen the last of her. Unfortunately, she only makes one of the papers today, and it's some dreary story she's split up with her boyfriend. Can't imagine why anybody would want to hang around with somebody like that at all. But there you go. World is very strange, isn't it? It's Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 26 minutes to 7. Come on, if you're getting up to do the marathon, come on. Be thousands of you, thousands of you today. The streets will be worn out, right? This is to go no further, okay? Because it's a big, big secret. Nobody is supposed to know about this at all. David Beckham is going to celebrate his 40th birthday. Shh, don't tell anybody. It's a big secret. Nobody knows apart from the PR company that they told to tell everybody. So it's shh, no further. He's going to have his 40th birthday by flying his family and close pals to. Morocco. Apparently, Davy Boy is going to Morocco. Apparently, it, it's a place close to his heart. This this was where he was when his alleged affair with Rebecca Luce emerged in 2004. They also renewed their wedding vows there. All oh, right. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, uh, he's trying to keep the destination a secret, so they've released it. And he's told guests to keep the weekend free. Do you think... I mean, I can't help laughing. Do you seriously believe that David Beckham can pick up the phone to Tom Cruise and go, Oh, it's David Beckham. You know, do you really think Tom Cruise goes, uh, not in, Put, puts the phone down again? I mean, apparently, guests are likely to include Tom Cruise, Guy Ritchie, Gordon Ramsay. I mean, Gordon Ramsay would go anyway. Uh, um, as well as uh, his Man United pal Gary Neville and his best mate Dave Gardner and his girlfriend, the actress Liv Tyler. Apparently, a source said he'll only turn 40 once. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Isn't that an amazing statement? You're only going to turn 40 once. No kidding. Do you think anybody's told David that? They can do it the next year as well. But it's going to be lovely. So Morocco is the place close to his heart. So I love the way he's actually said to somebody like Tom Cruise, and can you keep that weekend free? And Tom's going, I'm, a, I'm an actor. I'm kind of really busy. Well, we're going to hold a film up just so we can go and celebrate your 40th birthday. To be honest with you, he'd be better off in Greg's. There's no point in taking him to Morocco. He likes Greg's, he likes pizza and stuff like that. I don't think they do posh food at all. I know they have Gordon Ramsay, but I bet they eat chicken. I bet you anything it's chicken. You can just tell, actually. <laughs> 84850, uh What else do we have in the paper today? Oh, we had the uh, a teenage waitress who claims that a footballer called Aaron Lennon grabbed and slapped her and ripped her top as he parted with pals in a VIP booth. VIP booth? Where on earth do you get booths from? Apparently, uh, she's said to have fled to the toilets in tears and later complained to cops she suffered bruising below the eye. I don't even know what this is, actually. This is, um, I don't know if this Manchester Suede Club. I've never even heard of it. Never heard of it. It's obviously, if it's popular with footballers, it's popular with footballers, and they go there, and then you get people who want to hang around, and it's a VIP booth, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that makes it really, really exclusive, doesn't it? We went to the VIP booth. Picture of uh, Joey Essex out with his photographer friend, taking a picture of him and his new girlfriend. Uh, the best thing you can say about her is she's got a tattoo. I'd love to find out what she does for a living. And um, and they were in Dubai. <laughs> God, does everybody go to Dubai? The answer is yes. Somebody's claimed the £36 million. £36 million, uh, which, is, which is really exciting. I'm so happy. 
her happy, not me. <laughs> feel a bit, feel a bit miffed about that, but it doesn't matter. I don't care really. And here is the uh, the film about Amy Winehouse. Uh, Mitch is portrayed as an absent father, but I was there for her. Well, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, the uh, the man who's made the film um, says that. Uh, we came on board with the full backing of the Winehouse family and we approached the project with total objectivity. We conducted in the region of 100 in- interviews with people that knew Amy. The story that the film tells is a reflection of our findings from these interviews. So basically it comes with a bit of licence filmmaking now. It's not maybe exactly the truth, you know, and maybe it's not. I mean, to be honest with you, if it, if it gets made and it goes to the cinema, then he's got to take out a private prosecution saying that this is incorrect. And he's got to prove to them, you know, but they also have to prove it the other way around. They'll have to prove that, in fact, he was the absent father. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, she was uh, she was a junkie. And if she hadn't died too, too soon, would she still be around? I don't know. I've got no idea at all. Everybody said how, how brilliant she was. But uh, uh, Mitch is so incensed, he's threatening legal action after being blamed for the downfall of the singer. I don't think anybody can be blamed for the downfall of her. You know, she was on a self-destruct anyway uh, with the amount of alcohol that she was consuming and there wasn't anything that anybody could really do about it. Uh, he said they've let junkie X Blake uh, blame me for her death. And so it goes on. I mean, it's obviously going to be a controversial film, but to be honest with you, to be brutally honest... Who's going to go and see it? This, to me, sounds like what they call an art movie. You know, Amy Winehouse was never big enough to warrant something at the cinema. It's not like you're talking about Janis Joplin or you're talking about Billie Holiday. This is just Amy Winehouse. You know, she died, you know, very tragically at the age of 27. It's made by uh, the Senna director, Asif Kapadia, who would no longer have the support of the Winehouse family. Titled Amy, it's going to debut at the Cannes Film Festival next month. Apparently, Mitch says, when I saw it, I felt sick. Amy would be furious. But, I mean, that's, that goes without saying, doesn't it? Anybody would be furious. I would have thought she'd be flattered, actually, to have a film made about her. Better than just sort of dying in obscurity and nobody makes a film about you. I think that's much better to have a film made about you. Whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. I wasn't there. I have no interest in it. I wouldn't go and see the film. It wouldn't, it wouldn't interest me at all. I'm really not remotely interested in the uh, in the life of Amy Winehouse. I couldn't care less. Not because it's Amy Winehouse, it's just I wouldn't be interested in that kind of thing anyway. Uh, Prince William left uh, Kate's side to mark the 100th anniversary of the Gallipoli campaign the other day. Again, the Queen looking fantastic. I don't know where she gets her energy from. Uh, William turns up. And a few other people... I did like the comment, actually, just talking of the royal family. There was a thing... You remember the other day, Beatrice... Beatrice went off to uh, apparently a um, one of these big fashion things and she goes around to all these big fashion things in the world and somebody, one of the very cruel columnists said the other day, it's amazing isn't it you know, she goes to all these big things about fashion and everything else and still manages to dress like Fergie, you know, Fergie of course who couldn't dress fashionably to save her life and Beatrice is exactly the same but uh, anyway, I think by the time she starts the new job, she's going to be so exhausted with all the holidays, she's going to have to take another holiday to actually get through it. Uh, Prince Harry got to lesson in uh, in Aussie banter. So he was out with, uh, with Charles at an Anzac cemetery in Turkey, marking Gallipoli. It's, it always looks like he needs a good haircut, doesn't he, poor old Harry? And, uh, and William sort of says it always looking very good and the Queen looks good and Prince Philip is still alive. 
at the age of 90. So I got knighted the other day. Didn't actually have to go down on one knee. It made it a lot easier, didn't it? Otherwise, there might be the danger that he might not have actually got up again. Uh, here's the US porn star in a lot of the papers today who's been signed to Celebrity Big Brother. Her name is Farah Abraham. She's 23, and obviously her parents must be thrilled. That's our son, a daughter, sorry. Uh, she's uh, said to be sexually open-minded. For that, read Tramp. OK, sexually open-minded reads Tramp. Bosses want the show to be more X-rated. She'll add real sex appeal. Well, you know, I, I love the way that bosses want the show to be more X-rated, but you can't have it more X-rated. You know, unless you just bring in prostitutes and then we just... But, I mean, you're only going to upset Gemma Collins because she's got nothing in common. If she's seriously going into this programme, expect her by day two to have opted out again because that's what she seems to do now. I mean, she can't do anything that, that extends for any longer than her ability to do any one thing. So I think she'll probably be there about maybe a day, two days. Once she's seen the other people in there, the other people that they've, they've put in, I think David Hasselhoff, well, he's not going to be remote. Nobody's going to talk to Gemma Collins. Who's going to talk to her? That's the worst thing, isn't it? She's going to be sitting, she's going to be Billy Nomates. She's going to be the one sitting in the corner, bemoaning the fact that nobody wants to talk to her because she's not really in the business. She doesn't know anything about the business. She just knows about sort of turning up to a nightclub with some no mark. And, and that's about the extent of it. So there's no point in her actually sort of going onto a programme like that. It would, it would be a pointless exercise. I mean, you know, the woodwork in there would have more of a personality. Talking of personality, there's a shark. This is supposed to be a, a great white who attacked a victim as he was surfing off the coast of a national park. This is in uh, Fishery Bay, South Australia. Do you know, they seem to have an epidemic of... of um, of great white sharks. This one bit his leg off and then then swam off with it in its mouth. I mean, you feel like saying, excuse me, hello? That's my leg you've got there. But of course, only having the one, he couldn't really do anything about it. Really. I mean, th there have been more shark sightings. There's a shellfish diver there and he says there are loads of other people. But um, I think he's, uh, he's okay. I think he's actually survived. I think you can. I mean, I should not be blooming hurting. I mean, that would be absolutely the worst ever, wouldn't it? Uh, I'll run through the uh, some of the rich people. We've got 117 billionaires in this country. Billionaires. That's uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, the richest under 30. There's a discount sales guy called Robin Aurora. 1.75 billion. Um... Uh, Thomas Mackey, electrical goods, 350 million. Lewis Hamilton, motor racing, or as I call it, driving fast, 88 million. Daniel Radcliffe, 69 million, films and acting. Um, youngest band, richest band, you know which one it is, don't you? It's going to be One Direction. Actually, one of One Direction dropped a hint the other day that they, uh, One Direction might be doing a big gig coming up very soon. I couldn't possibly say where it was going to be. Uh, the Arctic Monkeys, worth 45 million. Mumford and Sons, 37 million. JLS, 30 million. Really? You seriously believe JLS have got 30 million? Perhaps somebody might have done. I don't, don't see any evidence of it. But uh, if that's what they say, 30 million. That's between, was it, four or five of them. So you have to sort of split it. So in fact, really, actually, it's not, not that much money at all. Quick time check. Quarter to seven. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning, 12 minutes to 7. The most amazing election story you'll ever read. Well, apart from all the uh, the fantasy stories they're doing around. This is the story of the transgender would-be MP, her lesbian lover and her transgender 
former husband. I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. To be honest with you, I haven't read it. I've just looked at the pictures, and it's just three desperately unattractive people. And that's about as far as it goes. I'm, it's just amazing how many people want to come out and tell you they're transgender. Generally on television programmes, have you noticed? You get that a lot now. Where, especially on Big Brother, we've had a number of, uh, quite a few people... We had Nadia, uh, Nadia, 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 who was on there, who was uh, the Portuguese on the programme as the press dubbed her. And then we had another one who was, I think, female to male and couldn't wait to tell people. It's almost like some burning issue, isn't it? It's like people desperately, desperately, desperately want to tell everybody all about themselves. You think, I don't think people are that interested. I heard Christo earlier on, he was talking about um, Kim Marsh. They say uh, she's now revealed sick internet trolls laughed when her premature baby son died. Kim vowed she would not be hounded off Twitter and said those responsible were unwell. And uh, Christo said uh, basically what we've said before, which is Kim Marsh sells every aspect of her life. Every time she sneezes or breaks wind, she sells the story to the paper. It's, you know, it's fine if you want to do that. But, you know, we know about Twitter trolls. And, uh, you know, if you don't say anything about it, they don't get the oxygen. Now they know that you were affected by it, so much so that it features on the front of a paper. They'll keep doing it. They'll keep doing it. You know, what you have to do is you just delete them. Click. It takes you about about a second. I never understand why anybody can't sort of get rid of internet trolls now. It's not difficult at all. And if it becomes too much to bear, then you go to the police. You know, you go to the police and you just you just complain about it. And the police go round there and they'll say to you, do you want to prosecute? Always say yes. Always say yes. Definitely, definitely. Don't don't ever let them get away with it. It's fun to watch them being dragged into court because once they've been exposed, they lose their jobs and everything collapses around them. It's fantastic. So definitely go for that. Ray Quinn has admitted his shock marriage breakdown has left him feeling raw. Speaking for the first time, he says, we're still talking, everything's fine, but it's obviously a bit raw. I'm supporting her and our main priority is for their, their son. They all do that, don't they? They all do that. They go, of course, I'm... And you think, is there anybody else? Is there anybody? I don't know. Is there anybody else? Will we see somebody shortly? Uh, Katie Hopkins says, I'm attacked for being a woman. Love Katie Hopkins. Love Katie Hopkins. I know she, I know it's, it's not popular to say that you like Katie Hopkins. I don't know why. I'd love to know what, what she's said that is so despicable, that is so awful, that people say, that's it, I'm never going to... And yet, the majority of people who phoned her the other week on LBC seemed to be in favour of what she was saying. And that was what I call, you know, a very, a very good cross-section of people. Uh, Steve, why read The Rich List Guy when all it do is make you depressed and wish you had different parents or had married an old man with money? Enjoy the run. You still have time to get to the start after the programme. Oh, Sally, I can't run. I mean, I wish I could. I've got to... I didn't bring my trainers with me. So if I'd brought my trainers and my little shorts, then I might have actually run, but I haven't, uh, I haven't got round to it yet. There's no point in back also, because the very good chance is that I'll be winning. So there's no point in doing it. I just like watching other people going out there. And I'm sure they'll all do very well. And uh, a lot of people, it'll be a personal triumph for them. They're running for all sorts of different charities. It's the people in the costumes, isn't it, that always get me? Because it's bad enough in this sort of weather when you have to run anyway. But now, if you're sort of running, just suppose it rains. I'll have a look at the weather in a moment, because it rained a little bit this morning. I never get depressed on the Rich List Guide. I never get depressed on the Rich List Guide. Seriously, I, I really don't. It, I, I don't get depressed about anything like that. Money, not, it doesn't really bother me in the slightest. I know people, you always get somebody who sort of thinks that you're sort of, you're very affected by money. I'm really not affected by money. Really not. Really not. Uh, Stephen Manchester says, I've just read your book. Excellent. Thank you. It is. Selling very, very well. 
And, of course, it's absolutely right in so many ways. Uh, Steve says, looking good in Kingston yesterday. Have you lost weight? Um, possibly. <laughs> I wouldn't actually think I'd lost weight. Actually, I'm, I must try this uh, this thing, you know, little and often. That's the thing I need to do, isn't it? Little and often. So here's the picture of the Daily Star. The picture exclusive is of the Beckham family. Harper unable to walk still. In fact, actually, she hasn't even got shoes on. So she's gone out in... I don't know, she could be wearing ballet shoes, a little bit difficult to tell. But the, the family's out there, Victoria, looking more emaciated by the day. Seriously, she looks like an, adver- an advert for a third world country. Eat! Eat! At least Davy Boy Beckham's fattening up a bit, and the boys look good. So, uh, but put the child down. Let the child walk, for goodness sake. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, we'll weave them all in. And, um... Steve picks it up on Monday morning. What have you bought, Dan? What have you bought? Let's have a look. He says, I took it down to Gunwharf Quay. She's a beaut. Oh, crikey. Oh, that's quite nice, isn't it? Oh, it's a similar colour to mine. Similar colour to my car. Mine is, uh, gr- they call it graphite, but they've always got funny names for cars, haven't they? And mine is, mine, mine's graphite. Uh, India says, uh, yes, you've definitely mentioned India Hicks recently. So I imagined it was a revamped news and uh, photograph. Same photographs, Noreen. Same photographs. As you said, a Mountbatten grandchild and a bridesmaid at Diana and Charles's wedding. But uh, shame about tea, she says. Yeah, I've definitely read that India Hicks review, that, uh, that feature spread, and I've seen the same pictures. So perhaps somebody's revamped it from, from something else. Uh, yet again, says Winnie, I'm gutted not to have made it onto the rich list. Never mind. I'm off to Canary Wharf later to cheer on all the runners, including... Connor Ravenscroft, who's raised, I think it's £10,000 and counting for children with cancer UK. And my running buddy, Cal, doing her second London marathon. She's told me to get a better time this year as last year. And she got injured, but still finished the course. That's, that's what people do it for, isn't it? People do it for the, for the challenge. They do it. They've worked hard. They've, they've run. They've pushed their body to the ultimate limit. Um, and if, if they actually get across the finishing line, Charlie Girling used to do it. But unfortunately, she's very much in the family way. So I think it's a bit unlikely that Charlie Girling's going to be doing it this year. You could push around in a chair or a baby buggy or something, but she's definitely not doing it. Uh, Simon Conway, who you hear with Nick uh, Ferrari in the mornings, he's going to be doing it. I thought Tom Swarbrick could do it, actually. I'd quite like to see Tom Swarbrick running the London Marathon. <laughs> That's a personal thing. Uh, Philip says, J.K. Rowling, how many millions for writing books? You better get writing to your second book. Yes, I don't think I'm going to get rich any time soon. I think it was the films. I think it was the film. I forget how many. Is it £463 million she's made? But I mean, I don't know what you do with that sort of money. I really don't. You know, I mean, do, do you have it sitting in the sitting room and counted every... 400... Oh, I missed one. For, oh, start all over again. One, two... And then you sort of... And you just count your money out. It must be quite nice, and you could do so much good with it. I always think how much good you could do with, with money. I really do. Apparently, Rita Ora will turn down Simon Cowell's offer to become an X-Factor judge. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. We don't want you on there at all. They, they were saying in the, in the paper today that because he's actually going to get rid of uh, Mel B, I don't know why, to be honest with you. I mean, I'd get rid of Cheryl Cole immediately, like a, like a shot. Cheryl Cole would have to be off there. You'd find somebody who spends more time concentrating on the artist as opposed to worrying about the way she looks. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd, it's just a bit of a nothing, really. Uh, good luck with the marathon, Steve, says Neil. Mind you, don't choke on the peanuts. Thank you. I think weather-wise, good weather for marathon running. 
So good. And Arsenal-Chelsea today should be a good game. Come on, the Gunners. <laughs> May honestly be controversial. Come on, the Gunners. Let me tell you what the weather is. I need to, I need to tell you what the weather is, if I can find the blasted thing. Um, because I have a feeling it's going, to be a, it's going to be a little bit of a mixture. Here we go. Uh, is this for today? No, it can't be, can it? No, it's not today. I'm reading somebody else's. I'm reading... I've just read I've clicked onto something here. I'm reading the weather from two years ago. I've got the weather from, from Holly from two years ago, so shan't be reading that one out, ladies and gentlemen. But I think a little bit of rain this afternoon, and that might just be good. Might just be good. Uh, Steve, you've mentioned the road closures for the marathon. Apparently the Scouts have their St George's Day parade. Really? The Scouts? What, on marathon day? Why would they want to do that? It's an odd one, isn't it? And Jan says, I caught up with the last 20 minutes of the gorgeous Dr. Christian this morning, so I will podcast it and listen again. Fascinating guy. Yes, he was, we, we laughed a lot. He did actually go out. I always, I always, whenever I have people in for an interview, I'm not done before. I always go, you know, it's, it's a conversation. It's not an interview. It's ridiculous to call it an interview. It's a conversation, which is the best thing ever. And then I like to send them out, and then I like to find out what they said about me after they've, after they've actually gone. Apparently, he thought I was great. You know, which is quite nice, actually. It's very flattering. He's very funny. Very funny. We, we did have a lot of laughs. But he was, he was quite impressed at my research. Because I'm very good at my research. I'm good. 2012, before my stint as a games maker, I spent six months working really hard in the gym, but also followed a fairly strict eating plan, which meant eating at 9am, noon, 3pm, 6pm, and again at 8. Tough at first, but the portions were small and very nutritious. Did the trick. Lost just under a stone and a half. But more importantly... My fitness levels improved and I handled my responsibilities with ease. Not sure I could do it now at the age of 65. Carly Hibbard, who's worked so hard preparing for the Munden today. Go, Carly, says Jan in South Norwood. Yes, and to everybody. You know, it doesn't matter who you're actually raising money for. Uh, you know, just, just, just if you can get across the finishing line, that's what it's worth. Cloudy, patchy, mostly light rain throughout the morning. Drier and brighter from the northwest during the afternoon with some... Uh, sunny spells developing, although probably not reaching Kent until the evening. Feeling much colder than recent days. I'm going to find. I can't remember what time the marathon kicks off. Is it something like nine o'clock? Is it? All oh, right. Oh, see, I'm busy. I can't do it at night. If, if it was ten, I might have been able to do it. But because they're actually doing it at nine, so good luck to everybody there, and good luck to the person who picked up thirty-six million. I'm so happy for you. I couldn't be happier. I, I always like to sort of pass on to people. My uh, my good wishes if they win 36 million. That's changed a weekend, hasn't it? My goodness me, has it ever. Uh, EastEnders stars may be fired, they say, to make way for celebrity signings. God, if I read another dreary interview with Denise Van Oten, I mean, I'm really, I'm going to absolutely hold my head in a bucket of wet cement because it's so dreary about that kiss. God, how to stretch out five seconds of fame. I've had enough already. Like Richard Blackwood. How many more stories about Richard Blackwood and his, you know, second attempt because he's been bankrupt? I mean, God, law me. Give it a rest, please. My secret affair with Tom Jones? Not me. Not me. That's a lady in the paper. Three years, she reckons. Three years. Uh, Tamara's husband. That's Tamara Beckwith, as was. Her husband's crash fury. Not his, but another lady that he crashed into. Travel chaos in London. Keep listening. We'll keep you up to date with the road closures. But basically, you know, anywhere from Greenwich to, uh, to Trafalgar Square, avoid. You'll see all the barriers in place, but don't bother driving. It's not worth it. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio.
Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Sunday. It's the 26th of April here in London. We have the marathon as thousands upon thousands of people pound the streets from Greenwich into central London. Over in Nepal, more than 10,000 people are now feared dead. There's now an emergency operation underway to make sure that those people who are surviving are getting the help that they need. It's a UK ticket holder who claimed the uh, £36 million on Friday from the lottery. We're very happy for them. Take that. Oh, £20 million on a tax bill. They still haven't paid it, and they reckon it could be another two years. They're sort of waiting on various uh, committees that they're going through. Gemma Collins turning up on Celebrity Big Brother, expected to sit in the corner crying for about a day and a half, ladies and gentlemen. And Kerry Katona's got a job as a children's entertainer, although I shouldn't imagine any, any children nowadays who've got the faintest idea who she's. It's only adults. Uh, Rob says, I love you. Please don't ever change. There you go. Sounds like the title of a song, doesn't it, really? And I shall try not to. And uh, little Julie says, wishing all the runners well today. I will be with them in spirit, watching it on the television. Yes, I shall be listening to the radio. Uh, Beverly Turner is back today. So she'll be here from 10 o'clock this morning. And Stig and the team from 8 o'clock. Uh, plus the end of, um, of Soap Legends. I don't believe this story, actually. I really don't. Uh, Dominic Treadwell-Collins has suggested some characters could be given the chop in EastEnders to make way for celebrity signings. Uh, because they, they recently splashed cash to entice big names. You don't need to splash cash to get big names. Denise Van Out would turn up for a, you know, a packet of chips, I should imagine. Bonnie Langford. Uh, soap legend Gillian Tailforth is believed to be returning on a big buck salary. They don't pay big buck salaries. That's the thing about EastEnders. Firm favourites. Shane Ritchie, Jesse Wallace are already set to take time out to go to Ireland to film their own spin-off show. Uh, all of the show's big names are said to be safe. But Dominic told the Daily Star Sunday, we're now in a position where a lot of famous names want to come onto the show. Exactly because they haven't got any other work. They haven't got any other work. I mean, what on earth do you think Denise Van Outen has been doing? Sits there twiddling her thumbs, waiting for something to turn up. So, of course, they, there's no sort of... I don't think there's any sort of rush of people to join EastEnders. I don't think so. But uh, I love it when they all talk about the characters they play in the third party. As if it was so they go, oh, so my, my character, she's very feisty and very funny. And you think, no, it's you, dear. It's you. It's Denise Van Outen playing Denise Van Outen. You know, she looks like Denise Van Outen. I'm just amazed that nobody's recognised her. Nobody at all. Nobody's gone to Denise Van Outen. You'd think you'd know something like that, but obviously not. Uh, here's, 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 here's Lucy Mecklenburg and uh, that, uh, that dirty little boy, Lewis Smith. The one who was tweeting disgusting pictures on the internet. They went out for dinner to celebrate his birthday. So they went to uh, a posh Kensington restaurant. I wouldn't want to eat at any restaurant that welcomed them in as customers. Like the other day when I saw Jordan and that plank of a husband turning up at a, at a posh restaurant in London. I thought, right, last time I go there. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Stephen Gerrard is leaving the country. Thank God for that. Not a moment too soon. But the good news is, before he heads to America, he's given his mummy... A £700,000 dream home. And to be honest with you, I mean, I'm looking at it. If that's all you get up there in Liverpool for £700,000, you was robbed. You were robbed, mate. This house is the plainest looking thing I've ever seen. I've never seen something look so awful. It's like the best you can get. Dreadful. But apparently he's earmarked 
a site for a lavish new five-bedroom home to be built on Merseyside. The multi-million pound house, you get a hold of Merseyside for that, will have four ground-floor reception rooms, two more in the basement and five ensuite bedrooms on the upper level, a leisure area with a swimming pool, spa, sauna, children's playroom and a homework room. There's a cinema gym and plant room included downstairs. Staff and guest accommodation and garage parking for two cars. Sounds a bit naff, doesn't it, really? Garage parking. (laughs) Big fat gypsy wedding disaster. Paddy Doherty has taken on the biggest fight of his life to beat the booze. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? In fact, you remember in March last year... He was back in court. He spends most of his time in court because he's just a plank. And uh, he headbutted his stepbrother at a family funeral, admitted assault and got a six-month supervision order with £85 costs. He's barred from contacting his brother for three years. Complete waste of time, actually. He was the one who turned up with Sally the Burke. Do you remember? Poor old Sally the Burke, honestly. There's a, there's a career that's disappeared very quickly. Not that we ever considered it was a career. Uh, the scrounging mum who needs a posher house. This is a woman who just has babies. Her name is Cheryl Prudham. She's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. She's got nine. So she wants uh, an eight-bed mansion. I suggest you get off your fat bottom and go out and get a job, love, and start saving up for it. Sick to death of these people. like listening to the people on Christo's show this morning who were sort of saying that... Uh, one guy was saying that if, if a property's empty, they should have the right to move into it. And I thought, what, into somebody else's property? Why would, why would that be appropriate? Not appropriate. Luckily, uh, he was uh, knocked into, uh, into line by Christo. He said, certainly not. You know, if I owned a property and it, wasn't, uh, and it wasn't being occupied, I wouldn't welcome the fact some squatter going in there. Thank you very much indeed. I've had to work for my stuff. You go and work for your stuff as well. Malcolm said, little and often, think of your body as a paper shredder. Try to put... Sh- 12 sheets of paper in, which equals a big meal, and it will jam. Put in two sheets, easily digestible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's little and often and exercise. Little and often and exercise. I mean, round here, round these parts in this building, I'm surrounded by people who do exercise. Some people in their lunch hour go to the gym. They go to the gym, can you believe it? And they, and they seem to enjoy it. They seem to enjoy it. Because I think the pressure is on people nowadays to try and look good and and there is you know far more i mean i mentioned to somebody yesterday that i'm using i'm using an eye gel from estee lauder and he looked at me in horror in horror he said an eye gel and i said yeah he said what for i said because i want to sort of you know halt the aging process i said my bathroom's like like a, a small a small sort of department store <laughs> i've got all sorts of things and i'm using this it's like a firming eye gel, and you put it on, and it sort of tightens things up, you know, and I feel better for using it. He said, oh, he looked at me really strangely, and I, I said, do you not use a moisturiser or anything like that after shaving? And he looked at me slightly strangely. <laughs> so I'm assuming that, uh, that John, who works for Paul Cooper, doesn't do anything like that. Probably got nothing in the bathroom, just a piece of, a piece of soap on a rope, probably the retrievable idea. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, there is a story on the front of the people this morning, apart from the 10,000 feared dead in this Nepal quake. What with that and the the volcano erupting in Chile after 42 years of being dormant? I hope it had all the uh, right things on there. But I think they evacuated an 18-mile area, but these pyroclastic clouds, as you know, travel. They've got a picture of a, a kid's playground in one of the papers, and most of it's just under all this, this, white, this white dust. It's awful, really. Uh, then you've got Mr Fashnu. And his wife, uh, he claims that uh, his wife tried to kill him 
this is after a row over his three-in-a-bed romp, but he says Mrs. is cheating on him with a female friend. I it's, it's a very, very odd story. John Fashionu's marriage. This is John Fashionu, who I didn't think actually was there for his brother, Justin. Justin was, was gay, and he ended up hanging himself. And uh, I never thought John Fashionu was actually there for his brother. I just thought, you know, you could be a little bit more in, in tune. But uh, he's now arguing with his wife. She says, I caught him in bed with a housemaid and another woman. I've left him. I've washed my hands. He says she cheated on me with a woman and tried to stab me. I sleep with beautiful women, not my cleaner. It's not a very nice thing to say about the cleaner, is it? I sleep with beautiful women. So no, that perhaps it's one of these arrangement marriages. Perhaps it's one of these sort of, I don't know. I don't quite understand. You know, when, when people fall out, why can't they just do it without going to the newspapers? So they go to the newspapers... And that's why the newspapers survive, because people want to wash their dirty linen in public. And so they get, and people tell you all about... Why would somebody want to tell you about the fact that they're a, they're, they're, a, they're a failure? They can't keep their marriage together. Here's a picture of Kim Marsh. So depending on which paper... Luckily, she's on holiday with a photographer, so they can take a picture of her. In the seat with her man, Kim, 38, and uh, her fellow Dan. Oh, they're in Marbella. All these places I can't go to anymore. You know, every time you get somebody that's sort of bit low rent, I think, oh, I don't want to go there. I really don't. Um, 84850, uh What else do we have in the paper today? Nick Clegg interviewed, plus the uh, the women who've electrified opinion. It, the, the time moves on. It is hard to believe that in uh, literally two weeks you're going to be voting. You're going to be voting. Uh, none of the Sunday papers covered the uh, the story that we did last week about Greville Janner. And uh, except on Saturday, yes, yeah, Saturday's papers, the Mail on Saturday and the Sun both covered it, saying there's something that doesn't smell quite right here. You know, where you've got that many people who've, who've come forward alleging that he did all sorts of things, including a children's home um, and various other various other people. I think, I think there's either 22 or 23 people. No smoke without fire, but uh, because he's got dementia... That's the reason given that they can't put him in court. And I did ask the question the other week. So if they found somebody who'd worked at Auschwitz who had dementia but was responsible for the killings or the alleged killings of of 300,000 people, would you seriously go, well, we're not going to bother charging them because they've got dementia? (laughs) The hell. They'd be into court so fast their feet feet wouldn't touch the ground. That's when you can only get to the truth. But by, you know, as I've said before, I've had uh, a few people that I've known who've had dementia and uh, they have good days, they have bad days, but on their bad days, they, they wander off. You remember Norman Wisdom had dementia. They couldn't look after him at Brinsworth because they didn't have the facilities. He would just wander off. So, I mean, is, is Lord Janner, and I, I wish they dropped the Lord bit, is he on some sort of piece of cable that stops him wandering out of the house? Or is it made up? Is there a cover-up? Is there something on high? Were they worried? They've lost all the paperwork to do with it. In the Home Office, they've lost about 140 pieces of paper to do with him and lots of other people. I mean, are they saying that with Cyril Smith and uh, with Leon Britton, there was some giant paedophile ring going round in Westminster? Would this, would this blow the lid off it? I don't know. But it certainly sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? it certainly sounds very strange. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. He's 86. Definitely not going to go away. Simon Cowell was very disrespectful to Kelly Brooks. She was relieved when he axed her. Disrespectful. What does that mean? Speaking for the first time, good Lord, it's unusual for Kelly. Uh, She reveals she was unimpressed by Cowell's seeming disdain for her. 
It's because, really, you spent a lot of time getting ready and you didn't really add anything to the programme, so they had to get rid. That's why I can't quite understand why they're getting rid of Mel B. I thought they, they could have hung on to her and got rid of Cheryl, because Cheryl doesn't contribute to the programme. And also, I mean, her last single died on its proverbial. From coast to coast, the battle for Britain is on. As the nation nears an election that's way too close to call, politicians have toured the country, meeting and greeting, and promising and posing with you, the voters. But how have they fared? There's only one way to find out. All next week, I'm on the road with the LBC Battle Bus. From Scotland to Wales, north to south and through the Midlands, I'll put this election on the map on my special Breakfast from the Battle Bus, coming to a town near you. Nick Ferrari at Breakfast. All next week from 7, live from the LBC Battle Bus. And follow the journey at lbc.co.uk. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Sunday morning, Nick and the Battle Bus. Next week is huge. Huge, emblazoned with LBC, you can't miss it at all. Uh, a friend of mine the other day, I'm, I'm always recommending films to my friend Ian, but he's one of these people, if he's got anything to do with Christmas, he won't watch it. He will not watch a Christmas movie before Christmas. And I thought this was somewhat strange, because we have somebody in the office, uh, no names, uh, who won't eat satsumas, because satsumas you have at Christmas, and he won't eat anything that's to do with Christmas before Christmas. Whereas me, I could eat satsumas all year round. And now because of, you know, flights, you can get things in and, and have dates and all sorts of stuff. But it's the, it's the Christmas films for Ian that we, we can't quite get him to watch. But uh, I was telling him about, um, about uh, a great movie the other day, which was uh, Christmas in Connecticut, which is a Christmas movie. Uh, Goodbye, Mr Chips, which he did watch because it isn't a Christmas movie. But then he was listening to uh, to Danny Baker, talking about the day they took the babies away. Now, I've mentioned this film. It comes with two names. I think it's uh, one of the... I can't remember the other title of it is. But he says it was the saddest film ever. He said, so both you and he recommend it. Well, I bought a copy a short while ago from Japan. It's not dubbed. It is, in fact, a uh, a version. It's not really a Christmas movie. I wouldn't call it a Christmas movie. It's certainly set in the snow, and it's but it's sad. It is It is a weepy. It's not a particularly well-known movie, and yet I absolutely love it. I like weepy films like that. I quite like the idea of sort of something that makes me cry, something that can manipulate me so well. And this film, The Day... I think it's called The Day They Gave the Babies Away. And it's the story of a family who settle in America, and it's mum and dad, and I think there's about five kids. Or there could be six, I don't know. And uh, without sort of, you know, ruining it for you completely, uh, mum and dad pass on. Uh, Mum sort of succumbs to some dreadful illness. And so what they are left with is having to bring up these children. And that's why they have to give them away. And it's the story of that. It's, it's just, it's terribly sad. It's just a sad movie. And so, but my friend Ian won't watch it because he said um, it's a Christmas movie. So I can't watch it yet. It's not really Christmas. It's sort of kind of Christmas. It just leaves you... I don't know why it is that movies like that or Goodbye Mr Chips or not so much Christmas in Connecticut, why they make you cry. And I suppose, I think Goodbye Mr Chips, because it's everybody's... It could be anybody's relationship. It would be so sad to reach the end of your life and have to have done as much as possible, which is why there's a story of a mum in the paper today called Courtney Terry. Uh, Courtney wants 20 grand for her wedding. And the reason she... I don't know why she wants £20,000. It seems a particularly expensive wedding. But uh, she's not going to live very much longer. Because she's got terminal cancer. But she's got terminal cancer that is so rare, it doesn't even have a name. So it's a bit of a race against time, uh, they say in the papers, for her to 
actually sort of get wedded and become Mrs. Webb before she dies. But she wants £20,000. Now, it seems an awful lot of money. I'm sure you can get married cheaper. I would have thought if you really want to get married, go do it now. Go do it now. That would be the thing to do. If you've got a terminal cancer and you don't know how long you've got, because they don't know either. At the moment, she's able to give an interview, but, I mean, it, it could be days, could be weeks. We've got no idea. And she doesn't know either, and the doctors don't know, until it goes through various stages. So they'll, they'll, they'll say to you when you ask questions, how long's a piece of string? They don't know. In her case, they have no idea at all. But it, it was the £20,000. I would have thought, you know, just... He's, he's a decorator. I thought decorators did quite well. But it would be nice if they could sort of get some sort of wedding. I thought the papers would, would have done it for them as a, as a bit of a, a, a publicity thing, which is nice. I hope all of these big names on EastEnders, says Ian, will have counselling fees built into the contracts. EastEnders will quickly wipe the permanent smile off even Bonnie Langford's face. It must surely be the most relentlessly depressing soap ever conceived. Let's have a family meal. That equals a fight, with more dark family secrets emerging. A wedding? A complete disaster. Christmas? A resident's death. Yes, but that's the whole idea about soaps, isn't it? Soaps are supposed to be... They always say it reflects life, but it just, you know, it reflects life in, in their particular part of the world. And that's why. That's why, you know, you sit there and you think, oh, they are really depressing. And I suppose they are, actually. Having cruised through the Bosphorus Straits last year, it's amazing how much fighting and loss of life uh, took place over a stretch of water that doesn't look any wider than the River Thames, says, uh, says Steve in Goa. Sounds lovely, doesn't it, really? Steve in Goa. And uh, I shall listen to the In Conversation podcast later. Sounds very good. Picked up some Tomorite in Squires. Luckily, some left, says little Julie. Yeah, I've got to start going out. I might have to go out today. Because now I've got this other little car, it'll be a lot easier to sort of throw plants on the back seat and not worry about it too much. Uh, and I think we might have to start putting uh, putting some geraniums in, because they're pretty hardy geraniums. I, I could fill it with, with other things. Little Julie also watched West Side Story the other night. Did shed a tear again. Great film. Yes. On, on, the, on Maria. Do you, do you cry for things like that? It is funny, isn't it, how you can watch a movie and you know it's a movie. And yet it still makes you cry. Strange. Despite his dementia, says Mark, Lord Jenner wrote a letter earlier this year saying, no, not this early this year, just a matter of days ago, saying he wished to continue participating in House of Lords discussions and votes. How does that make any sense? Um, yes, I mean, I don't, I don't know how it makes sense at all. I would have thought, as the House of Lords make decisions, I would think that you can't have somebody who's suffering with such advanced dementia, we're told. And this is because he can't recite three numbers backwards or open a door or something. So I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just, I don't understand what it is. I, I wanted to see a, a list of the things that they ask you to determine whether you've got dementia. Charlie Catchpole talks about Queen Bee of the Jolly, Beatrice. <laughs> who doesn't actually do anything. This is the, the Queen's 26-year-old granddaughter who got the full VIP red carpet treatment at the Bahrain Grand Prix. What in God's name is she doing there? Do her and Dave go, do, go riding? That time she settled down and actually did something and became a useful member of society because at the moment she's about as useless as the entire family. Uh, Mummy, can I have a kitten for my birthday? Kerry Katona, in her days, sang to packed arenas. Not really. But uh, now she's scratching a living, performing... Oh, wait, wait for it. Just wait a minute. We must be due a, another bankruptcy, certainly. Apparently she entertains young fans. She's already been bankrupted twice. And so now she's got a new career... As a in a in a party pl planning firm, they say Kerry's trying to pick herself back up. 
really. A bit like that other useless piece of uh, space, Daniela Westbrook, who's now collecting glasses in a, gar- in a bar in Marbella. I mean, is that the best she can manage? And she's supposed to be... I mean, it's just a little codswallop, isn't it, really? You know, you, you kind of lose the, lose the will to live with these people. I'm kind of losing the will to live with all the story about Hammond and May's Top Gear comeback. There will be no comeback. Uh, they're not going to um, do it. Without Mr Clarkson, they've already said that. They've made it quite clear, which is good. Uh, EastEnders star Richard Blackwood on his second chance after going bankrupt. If I've read this story once, I've read it about 500 times. I'm so bored with with people. I mean, at one point he said, I had so much money, I'd buy £75,000 cars on a whim, then suddenly I had no job, no home and no friends. (laughs) Of course, because you're an idiot. An idiot. You know, you're supposed to be an adult. You're supposed to be one of these people. You know, if you had this much money... £75,000 car on a whim, and then you sort of, and then you wonder why you've got nothing left. I think people think it's going to go forever, don't they? I'm pretty certain. I think you're actually going to find out that, uh, you know, within the next two years, there's going to be a whole raft of so called celebrities who are going to be declaring themselves bankrupt because everything's collapsed around them. You know, their little fashion empire has collapsed because people move on. They're not remotely interested. I mean, even Joey Essex you hardly read about in the papers now because he's still making those lame little programmes that nobody watches. The best he can manage is to drag a photographer out to take a picture of him with a new girlfriend. Like that translates into money, which of course it doesn't. It was very interesting. They were talking about Jordan saying she got 1.75 million from OK Magazine for her, her last wedding, whereas of course everybody knows they don't pay that sort of money. They don't need to. Without OK Magazine, Jordan absolutely gets nothing at all. Uh, there are so many drugs hurled over the wall of Her Majesty's Prison, Alt Course in Liverpool, that they have to bring a cherry picker in to clear them off. People stand outside throwing drugs up onto the roof for the, uh, for the inmates. And so they've now got a cherry picker there, which uh, has, has managed to collect so far, you know, literally loads of heroin and cannabis, 22 phones, three SIM cards, six chargers, all in bubble-wrapped packages. Funny, isn't it, really, when you sort of look at it and you think, no, they're actually in there, but now they're actually, they're sort of clamping down on it. It's probably been going on for donkey's years. They always say you could just about get anything in there. And could we just, I mean, how much longer are we waiting for this royal baby? Been running longer than my career at the moment. It's going on for ages and ages and ages. I mean, do you think she could have it today? Could somebody go behind her and go... And just sort of get it, you know, and then she might sort of might sort of pop it out today. Because, I mean, the people sitting outside there, some of them have not been to the toilet in days. They want to go to toilets. They want to go home. And they must be smelling quite badly, some of them. It's 7.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to eight. Uh, the British drug mule granny's chilling message from uh, the uh, Bali execution Island. She reckons she's now next in line for the firing squad. Is Lindsay Sandiford. She's told a friend, I just want to get it over and done with now. And uh, they said she could be shot this week along with eight other prisoners. The trouble is, you know, in these countries they have a ruling. And the ruling is if you're caught with any drugs, it's the death penalty. They're not wasting time. I'm surprised they keep dragging it out this long. But they've gone as far as they can with it. Uh, my secret three-year affair with sex bomb Tom Jones, aided by his own son... Uh, it's been an open secret that Tom Jones has uh, has extracurriculars. And uh, inside the mail today, just when I, I thought it wasn't going to come back again, it has. Uh, this is a detective who was working on the, the Greville Janner case. He said we had proof to charge the child sex MP, but the top brass told us to stop. And this was this is the, this bizarre 
situation which we find ourselves in now, where uh, Greville Janner, way back in 1974, I think, Labour MP and QC, is alleged to have begun two years of abuse with teenage with a teenage boy living at a Leicester children's home. In November of 91, claims were made against him, uh, first made public at a trial of a paedophile children's home boss, Frank Beck, with the alleged victim giving detailed evidence. December of that same year, uh, Greville Janner defends himself in the House of Commons and is supported by fellow MPs after police decide not to take any action against him. In 2002, Leicestershire Police launched Operation Magnolia into historic abuse at local children's home and again investigate Greville Janner but take no action. 2006, Operation Dauntless looks at allegations of child abuse in 81 by three men, two of whom were dead by then, and Greville Janner. December 2007, local CPS lawyers decide not to charge Greville Janner over the latest allegation and breach normal procedures by not telling bosses in London since the case involved an MP. 2009, Greville Janner was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, according to the CPS, but continues to speak and vote in the House of Lords, as well as going on 20 working trips abroad in the next few years. Then jump forward a few years to 2013, Greville Janner's home in North London searched as police begin a new investigation, Operation Enamel, into historic sex abuse claims. March 2014, officers searched Janner's office in the House of Lords. April of 2015, that's this year, House of Lords receives a letter purportedly from Greville Janner saying he wants to continue his leave of absence, which started in October 2014. April the 16th this year, CPS announced they have evidence to charge Greville Janner with 22 child sex offences against nine victims, but will not do so because he has severe dementia. And so, because somebody has severe dementia, you can't put them in court because they said they're not going to get a, a fair trial because he won't know. Well, he knew enough to say that he wanted to remain in the House of Lords. I mean, how much do you need to know? I mean, it is beginning to look, as the papers have said, like some giant cover-up, like some enormous cover-up, that because it involves somebody who's obviously got friends in high places, nothing's ever going to be done about it. You know, if these children have been murdered or something like that, the only way you can find out the truth is by going to court, surely. I would have thought everybody would want that put to bed. You know, everybody would want it, including, I would have thought, Greville Janner. I would have thought, you know, if, if you're going, or is, is it easier just to just put your hands over your ears and go la 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 and hope that it all goes away? Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc dot co dot uk, and um, another one here. I'm uh, CJ. I'm going to buy the compost today for the pots and baskets. Not planting yet. Still, still a little bit chilly. Yes, I agree. Jenny thinks the uh, the life of pie was. I thought hated the life of pie. What? What? What are you doing? Have I said something wrong? Oh, right. Am I missing the joke here or something? No, OK. So, Life of Pi about a shipwrecked Indian boy. I thought the film was ghastly. I thought the film was absolutely ghastly. And the reason I thought it was ghastly is because it was all um, superimposed, wasn't it? Nothing was real. The tiger wasn't real. It was what the, it was like that sort of green, sh- green screen kind of thing. Uh Steve, call me a mystic, but I reckon the royal baby will grow up to have an interest in wildlife and children's charities and end up dressing up as a heavy medalled full colonel. Not in our lifetime, Robert shouldn't think so. And uh, one here, this is from uh, from Wendy. She said, Maz and me celebrating 25th anniversary in June. We're hosting a tea party, a bottle or ten of Prosecco and a sprout volivant for the well-behaved. You'd be very welcome. So, uh, Wendy, Maz and Joni. 
Thank you. Uh, Jenny loves the uh, the studio. We did a picture of it the other day, actually. It does. Uh, you were quite right. It does look like the Starship Enterprise. It is possibly the most exciting thing. Uh, another one here. This is uh, quickly from, 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 from. Uh, the Royal Baby Gestation, says Jeremy, is longer than your career. I think not. Gestation is nine months. Your career, nine decades. Oh, if only it was. If only it was. How lovely is that? The film that makes me weep is The Inn of the Sixth Happiness with Ingrid Bergman. And it's the kids coming uh, over the mountains singing Nick Knack Paddywhack. Give a dog a bone. Yes, it's, uh, it was lovely. Ingrid Bergman was best. She was a, a secretary in London. I believe it was based on a true story, actually. And she went out there. She wanted to be a missionary. And so she saved her pennies and she went out to China in the days when people didn't go to China and they were all saying, well, no, you shouldn't go there. It's, it's dangerous and everything else. And she set up an orphanage. And uh, it was, it's a great film, actually. Great film. The Inn of the Sixth Happiness with, uh, with Ingrid Bergman. Bravest mum of all today, if you had a terminal illness, how would you tell your loved ones and write your last letters? And so here it is. This is uh, a lovely lady called Angela. Angela's going to do the marathon today. She's hoping to finish, I think, and uh, I'm sure she will. She says, as long as I can finish by 6.10, I'll get my T-shirt and medal. And uh, her sons, James and uh, Aaron, will be cheering her on, and I think everybody else will be. As I say, the, the people who run the marathon, many of them are doing it for extremely personal reasons. It's, uh, it's almost something they have to do. It grips you. I can't describe it any more than that. It's the kind of thing that makes you think that, you know, you really... You really have to do it. They, they, they achieve something at the end of it. Uh, VE Day 70 is on Horse Guards Parade Ground. It's, a, it's quite a line-up, actually. They've got all sorts of people. It's going to be uh, hosted by Chris Evans, Alexander Armstrong. Great guest for In Conversation. Alfie Bow, great guest for In Conversation. For some reason, Blue are there. So we can keep uh, Anthony away from any cash points. Diversity, Elaine Page... Jamelia, Jane Horrocks. I saw Jane Horrocks the other day. She lives down the road from me. So, uh, she didn't recognise me. You know, but that's, I, I, I play cool. I'm sort of there trying to be mysterious. Catherine Jenkins, who I'll be talking to on Monday. When is this? This must, must be coming up. Oh, 9th of May. Oh, crikey, it's coming up a bit sooner than we thought. And Catherine's very much uh, in the family way at the moment. Pixie Lott, Rebecca Ferguson, who was with us only a short while ago. Status quo. And then it says Strictly Come Dancing. I'm assuming it'll be quite a few of them, as opposed to... Not not sort of absolutely uh, everybody in the programme. Otherwise, you'd be there forever and a day, wouldn't you, really? I've noticed how the uh, Qataris have bought Britain. Top hotels, Ascot, Prime Mayfair mansions. The Sheikhs have rolled into the UK for only £11.6 billion. So they've been round the Monopoly board. And uh, they found places in Mayfair that they've bought. And uh, there's quite a nice one, actually, out in a place called Fulmer. You seem to get a lot, an awful lot for your money. Uh, in uh, in Knightsbridge, there's a house here estimated at forty million pounds. Forty million. Although in Curzon Street, there's a huge one here for fifty million. If you won the lottery, even if you won thirty six million, you know there's no chance you can buy any of these things. But in Park Lane in Mayfair, a lovely mansion. Uh, this was bought for twenty two million. And it's now had a six-year refurbishment. It's packed with expensive art, run like Downton Abbey. The staff wear white tie and tails. It was, it was to, to put it in a nutshell, it was one of the mansions of Park Lane. I pass it on a regular basis. And uh, at the tender age of 33, the owner is the first cousin of the current Emir of Qatar and the nephew of the previous Emir. It is the largest and most expensive home in the UK, worth about £100 million. 
It really is, you, you pass it in the days, it looks exactly the same as it did years and years ago. Inside, of course, it will look. And we lost so many mansions in London. They just, honestly, just they started pulling down willy-nilly. Places that were, were part of the elite for a long time. They should have been kept, they should have been turned into hotels or something. Because it's the only way you can keep these, uh, these places going. But they're all there to be seen. I passed that one on a regular basis, except this morning, because I came in round the back of Covent Garden thinking there were going to be loads of road closures because of the London Marathon. But keep listening to LBC because we'll let you know exactly what roads are open, what roads are closed. But uh, my advice is don't come anywhere near central London today because up until, I think for most of the day, there's going to be people running in, some fast, some very, very slow, and some that won't make it. But we hope that most people do. Martin Shaw's in the papers today. I'm talking to him on... When am I talking to him? I think on Wednesday. Have I said something again? Are you drinking there or something? Am I missing this? <laughs> Martin Shaw uh, doesn't have uh, Twitter or Facebook. He says, I regard that stuff with absolute suspicion. I know how he feels. Quarter to eight. Steve. Coming up at eight on LBC, Stig Abel. Home Secretary Theresa May says Britain will face its biggest constitutional crisis since Edward VIII abdicated in 1936 if Ed Miliband runs Britain with Nicholas Sturgeon. Why is everybody so terrified of the SNP? Leading Britain's conversation, Stig Abel, this morning from eight on LBC. Gable will be with you in around ten minutes' time this morning. I don't get to see him this morning. We're flip-flopping studios, which doesn't mean it's a technical term. It doesn't actually mean we're flip-flopping. It just means that he's going to be in another studio, and I'm I'm up here. Uh, Miriam has discovered a rich vein of Ealing films. The Blue Lamp, and I think Mandy as well was on the other day, on London Live, which is uh, Freeview Channel 8. And uh, she said it's, you know, it's an opportunity to see London through the ages. I love looking at those films. It's amazing what you can discover. If you type in on Amazon, London films, my God, you get a rich vein. The James Mason one is the best, which is, is it called The London I Knew or The London I Know or something? And it shows him walking around. And I remember so much of it from those early days. However, our thoughts this morning are with the people over in Kathmandu and Everest at base camp. Uh, they reckon there could be as many as about a 1,000 people around Everest. All of a sudden, you know, you have some disasters around Everest and people stay away from it and then they go back in again. And now after this earthquake in Nepal, which caused a deadly avalanche, it tore through the Mount Everest South Base Camp. They reckon there could be 200 mountaineers trapped up there at the moment. It's almost it's to the point of overcrowding. And there are lots of people. I don't know how experienced you have to be to go there. I would think you have to be fairly experienced. It is the... Uh, it's not the tallest. There is another tall mountain if you measure from, from base to top. But the conditions are terrible. The conditions are terrible. And uh, when you get, you know, an earthquake, which measures quite high on the Richter scale, and you get 1,300 people dead, you know it's serious. But it has an amazing allure, Everest. People see it and they have to climb it. Me, I see it and I think I want to stay at home and eat chips. I'm not remotely interested, but there's lots of families who are who are worrying about it at the moment. They reckon there's about 300,000 foreign visitors currently in Nepal, many of them around Kathmandu and Everest. They think a 1,000 were either at the South Base camp or on the mountain. It's the size of a small town up there. Families and friends have uh, posted, because sometimes the families haven't heard anything. One particular Briton feared missing is Laura Wood from Huddersfield. Uh, One Briton, the other one, was uh, Julia Carroll. The family haven't heard anything. It just has gone quiet up there. So uh, our thoughts are with 
those people today. Let's run through the uh, the front pages of the papers, just so you know where we're coming from for this Sunday morning. Um, Angelina says, is it is it true Gemma Collins is running the London Marathon? I shouldn't imagine, actually, she could even walk it. But uh, if so, she'll probably burst into tears after two miles. She wouldn't get too far as two miles. That's why I laughed when they said she was going into Celebrity Big Brother. I mean, the woman was such a dismal failure on the other thing. She said, I want to prove to the world. What delusional land is she living in? The world aren't remotely interested and don't even know who she is. She's only known to people who watch TOWIE and the fact that she's been a failure at everything. You know, she can't lose weight unless it's some company that sponsors her. And, um... And the rest of it is just dismal. I mean, she's going to fail miserably. I can predict now. Because all the people on there... I mean, she's going on with that Janice Dickinson. Janice Dickinson will wipe the floor with her. It'll be a case of, I'll grow up. You know, so perhaps that could be quite interesting. And Gemma will then burst into tears. You don't know what it's like. We had that, didn't we, in the jungle. And frankly, it was pathetic to watch. It was like watching a small child with, uh, you know, I'm not eating my prunes. I don't want to either. I want to go home. And uh, we couldn't wait to see the back of her because the front was not appealing at all. The uh, Sunday Express, they talk about the Britons trapped as the quake uh, takes hold and kills, they say, a thousand people. Uh, David Cameron warning voters you've got 11 days to save Britain as he promised to deliver on homes, jobs, family, security and dignity in retirement. As I say, in these uh, election years, ladies and gentlemen, they'll tell you everything. Everything you want to hear. What do you want to hear? Oh, I'd like to know that when I get to retirement age, I'm going to have enough money. You've got it. I'd like to know that my children can actually go to a local... It's sorted. Go to a local school. Sort it out. I'd like to think that you're going to be doing something about benefit fraud. It's sorted. We've done it all. That's what they do. They promise you every single thing. What you have to do is try and dissect it and try and work out which is the hogwash and which are the bits you can believe. Sunday people this morning. Uh, Fashnu, my wife tried to kill me. It's people who want to wash their dirty linen in public. And obviously the Fashnus have decided they want to. Corrie Stars, Twitter troll hell. This is Kim Marsh. I was taunted over baby son's death, but as she sells every aspect of her life, I'm slightly bored with it. You know, you know what you have to do. If you want to take them to court, then go to the police and report it. Don't drone onto a newspaper. Try and grow up. Take that £20 million tax bill fury. It turns out that uh, three of them, Gary Barlow, Mark Owen and Howard Donald, are waiting until the results of appeals because they've still not paid up to £20 million owed to the taxman because they went into one of these uh, these investment schemes that was ruled to be invalid. I mean, it's, re- it's really, it makes me feel slightly nauseous that they're actually, you know, they, they start their tour tomorrow. They haven't paid the tax that they owe because they've earned so much money. They decided to put it offshore to make sure they had even more money. You know, it would be nice to think that they could pay it, but all these people do is put it into a disputes procedure. Uh, the Sun today, um, they've got, oh, David Beckham at 40. A fabulous David Beckham thing. He's going to Morocco for his birthday. Lovely. Stay there. I couldn't really care less about it. Perhaps he can carry Harper across. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mamma, mamma. Three years old. Let the kid walk. England star in waitress attack. Here's the front of the uh, the sun. The England footballer Aaron Lennon being investigated by police over... Cl- I hate the word cops. I hate the word cops. They're police officers. Over claims he assaulted a teenage waitress in a nightclub's VIP area. The Telegraph are doing the climbers missing as the Everest base camp has hit. The avalanche started and it just, you know, you've no idea when you see these things. And you can go onto YouTube and see avalanches. You're looking at tons and tons, thousands, thousands of tons of snow that come down and it hits in a matter of seconds. Uh, spreading terror on Everest, says the Observer. And they've got uh, a woman rescued from a 
a tower, the Dahahara Tower in Kathmandu after the earthquake. Uh, there were also deaths reported in North India, parts of China, Bangladesh. Other Twice we mentioned Bangladesh this week. It was mentioned the other day when we had the corrupt mayor of Tower Hamlets. He comes from Bangladesh, which apparently is the most corrupt place on earth. More corruption in Bangladesh. Uh, the Super Rich, the Sunday Times, it's the list that you're going to watch. Oh, Vic Beckham would be delighted. She features in one of the cartoons on the front, together with uh, Amal and George Clooney and uh, Elton, looking a little bit like a caricature of himself. And uh, they've doubled their wealth since the 2009 economic crisis. Uh, Diana is the people's choice for a baby princess. I did watch that great film the other day. Morning. You're downstairs. I know. Great seeing you again, though. You're looking well. Doing a social thing. You know, if, if you're in the media, you have to say hello to people. You have to sort of wave at them and make sure that they're all right. Because <laughs> otherwise you don't get to see people. Only get to see them briefly in the office. I like to check everybody's OK. I'm one of these sort of people, you know, wish everybody happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah. I do the whole bit. And uh, it, was a, it was a film about Diana dying and the Queen. It was with Helen Mirren. And it was a really good... F- I'd forgotten how good it was. I started watching it. I thought it was great because it summed up everything at the time where the Queen uh, was sort of watching the television going, oh, every time Diana was mentioned. And then it had inter- uh, interspersed with these things. It had um, the real Diana talking in that interview. There were three of us. Do you think you'll ever be Queen? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'll ever be Queen. I thought, no, that's what they thought as well. The establishment were, were against her from, from the start. She didn't... She didn't have to. Uh, she didn't have to do anything at all, really. They were just against her. But the but the people loved her. The people loved her. I know some people didn't love her, but I promise you, more people loved her than didn't like her. And that's why thirty million pounds worth of flowers. And that's why that uh, that that huge funeral took place. Uh, front page of the Independent, shaken to the core. These are the pictures of the aftermath of this earthquake. Many of the. Uh, Remote villages, you know, might never be found ever again. And they'll also face a long wait for rescue services, which is a great shame. Death toll of more than 1,500 expected to rise again, which is not so good. Uh, The Kidnappers is another good film, Steve. And uh, Gladys Aylward was the missionary. Thank you. Met her once when she visited our school, says says Jane. And uh, Mo says, I didn't like Dan Snow commenting on the uh, Gallipoli parade yesterday. He even called the Queen Her Royal Highness instead of Her Majesty. <coughs> Dreadful. And uh, a brisker walk to the village pub this morning for Mike and uh, and Daff. Listen, have a... Oh, and the Vulcan Restoration Trust are opening up the... Uh, they're having their Vulcan days at Southend Airport. First one today, followed by 21st of June. Have a great day. Good luck to everybody in the marathon. Download the LBC app. It's available for iPhones and now Android phones as well. At 10, it's Beverly Turner, but coming up next, it's Stig Abel with breakfast. Thanks, Steve, you Miliband-esque sex symbol. Coming up... We've listened, we've learned, and we've changed. But is it enough? One unlikely sex symbol, Piers Morgan, will be joining me to discuss the resurgence of the other one, Ed Miliband. Could he really be our next Prime Minister? Also, we'll get all the latest from Nepal, as more than 1,900 people have been killed by an earthquake. But first... I take nothing for granted. I'm going to be campaigning hard, as is the entire SNP, every day between now and polling day, to make sure we can make the country's voice heard. Are you really frightened of the SNP, or do they represent a triumph of democracy? Give me a call on 0345 6060973. Text 84850. From LBC, this is Stig Abel, and it all starts next. On FM, online 
on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC.